I feel like it doesn't need to be said, but this is the worst fucking Airbnb I've ever seen. <laughs> Listed under amenities, it just says mannequins. So many mannequins. <laughs> <laughs> you knew what you fucking signed up for. <laughs> Welcome to the Horror Talk Podcast, the podcast where we feature a special movie without telling our guest any information about it ahead of time. I'm your host, Dakota Jones, and as always, I'm here to guide you and our special guests through the bizarre and fantastic horror films you may have missed. Today's special guest is local cryptid recluse and Pokemon expert, Jessica. (laughs) Jessica, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So, uh, you're one of the... Well, I can't keep saying few because now I have more and you more people. Fews. You like horror movies. I love horror movies. And it's awful that we actually have the same exact taste in horror movies. Yeah, so it was really hard to pin this down. The only one that I can think of that I don't think you have seen yet, but I may be wrong. When I was a kid, I thought I knew what the lawnmower man was. It was about a sentient lawnmower who ate people. And uh, then I saw the movie and was like, what the fuck is this isn't what I remember. And people are like, yeah, this is what the lawnmower man's about. And I was like, no, no, no. It's supposed to be about a lawnmower lawnmower that eats people. (laughs) And they're like, I think you fucking made that up. And I was like, swear to God, it's real. I know I've seen it. So at this last horror convention I went to, they had a bunch of uh, production studios out with hard-to-find movies that they've made beautiful uh, restoration copies of. I found it. Blades. Have you seen Blades? I have not seen Blades. Well, hate to ruin it, uh, about the sentient lawnmower, but I feel like... That one is about a sentient lawnmower? Yeah, so uh, now I know something that you haven't seen that I 100% can do with you next time. Oh, excellent. That's so fun. Yeah, I've never heard of that in my life, but I'm into it. I found this, and I found Blackenstein. Yes. And (laughs) what else? Uh, feel like there's another i do have a copy of taurus trap however i lent that out to my brother so i don't have it but thankfully streaming is available except for blackenstein i can't find that anywhere yeah that one seems like it might be hard to pin down (laughs) uh every time i mention it it always reminds me of our favorite simpsons episode where they're like first up it's blackula followed by blackenstein and the blunch black of blotre blame Ooh, funky. So, first question for you. If you could have a superpower, any kind of superpower, what would it be? And why? I would ruin my own life and do, like, invisibility or something so I could just sneak around and listen to everything everybody else is saying because I'm very nosy. So how far would you go with the on a scale of the Invisible Man remake to Kevin Bacon and Hollow Man? I mean, I'm not trying to do anything to anybody. I'm just trying to hide in rooms and hear conversations I'm not supposed to. That's fair. I always said mine would be uh, 
would be able to shape shift and like change into different people. Well, that's way cooler. I'm just, like, I'm not trying to do anything interesting. I'm just trying to know stuff I'm not supposed to. Well, since I've, since I learned about that being a superpower, uh, when I watched justice league, when I was a kid, I was like, Oh my God, wouldn't it be so funny if you got someone out of a coffin and then just went in and acted like you were that person. And then <laughs> midway through just surprise and then leave. <laughs> I, that's all I've ever wanted to do It's a really specific dream. It's funny. <laughs> it is. People would love it, except 100%. I couldn't keep, I would have to pick one specific person to do it to, because yeah. like if I kept doing they it, do they're it like, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Second question, what's the worst and best tourist trap that you've ever seen while driving? I don't know. Uh, I don't know about worst because I love that stuff. Like, I don't even care if it's bad. I really enjoy stupid, kitschy roadside attractions and, like, anything like that. I will stop. So I'm, like, it's lucky I haven't been murdered yet because I'm just, like, <laughs> there's a sign for the most random thing you've ever heard of in your life. And, like, I want to go to there. I will. I want to go. You pull up and they're, like, no way. Someone's actually going for it. Yeah, and it's just, like, a cover for a horrible, like, underground drug operation or something. And that's how I die because I will just be, like... The dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Let's go see it. It's just like a faded sign where it says world famous cuck dogs. And you're oh just like, God. gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> no, for me. Gotta get out of here. If it isn't clear and sorry to, it's really hard to find a movie for Jessica. So I was like, okay, have you seen Taurus Trap? And Jessica's like, once maybe. I, I remember like mannequins and I was like, that's good I didn't good even enough. remember mannequins. I remember dolls. So I was wrong straight out of the gate. I mean, they're, they're almost kind of the like same. Dolls, they're right? just bigger. I just remember the, ah, because it bothered me very much. So this is going to be super fun. Perfect. <laughs> so sorry about that, that we normally try and say our guests haven't seen it, but it was really hard on this episode. Thankfully, though, we know next episode it's Blades. That'll I be mean, stunning. we spoiled it, but. And I won't look anything up about it. A lawnmower of a bitch. Sold. Let's watch it. Perfect. <laughs> you don't know anything else about Tourist Trap at all. No. Do I you, saw the little trailer that you posted, and that's about it. Uh, do you know when it was made? Is that is it late 70s? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I had that idea of the time. So it's made in 1979, so you're going to see a lot of tropes and cliches. However, technically, it's a trendsetter because it established a ton of slasher genre, sure. like shit, before it got into, like, what, at this point, the first Friday the 13th hadn't even been released. Right, yeah. Get ready for just a lot of terrible, terrible, terrible cliches. I'm excited. <laughs> also, I also feel really bad. This is the first movie on the podcast that's rated PG for some reason. I don't know why, but I also think that the MPAA, or the MPA now are just absolutely fucking awful people, and I don't know how shit got through. Like, Jaws is rated R for gore, but Airplane is rated PG, and it's got tits in it. Jaws has got, it's PG. Is it? We used to watch it at the video store I worked at. Then it 100% is PG. It has boobs in it, but we got away with watching that. We got away with watching um, Close Encounters of the Third Kind on a technicality that it was PG. This is important. They shouldn't have been. This means something. That's the second time I've said that today. How are you hanging it? Oh, God. So I don't know when this episode is going to be released, what order it's going to be released. But for those listeners out there, this is my third one today. 
And normally I love watching tons of movies at uh, any given time. It's a lot different when you have to be on and like research three different movies. It is not your leisure time. You are working. <sighs> so you ready to do this? I'm so ready. Yay. I was really hoping you'd be super slap happy and kind of over it by now because I thought oh. it would be way more fun. Oh, no. I, so... I normally don't have to rewatch these movies before I go in. This one, I was like, I need to go for like comedy bits and pacing. So like I already kind of work out bits before I say them. But if Lord. I had been allowed to prepare, I would have done the same thing because I have so, so much many anxiety guests doing would've. things like this. You're putting us all on the spot. Our guests are going into the movie blind, but here's your chance to hear a full summary of the film. Be forewarned that this is the entire plot of the film, so spoilers galore. Also, if you haven't seen the movie, just pause the podcast right now and come back after you've watched it. Don't come to us saying that we gave away plot details. Also, this movie's been out for a while. You've had plenty of time to watch it. Taurus Trap is a 1979 campy slasher written by J. Larry Carroll and David Schmuller, directed by David Schmuller and produced by Charles Band prior to creating Full Moon Features. It stars Chuck Connors as Slauson, Jocelyn Jones as Molly, John Vaness as Jerry, Robin Sherwood as Ellen, and Tanya Roberts as Becky. The movie features a ton of creepy mannequins and would lay the groundwork for Band and Schmoller to team up again for the original Puppet Master. Taurus Trap is also ahead of its time, creating many well-known tropes and cliches for 80s slashers before films like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street were even created. Due to some car trouble, a group of young friends are stranded out in the middle of nowhere. The only thing for Miles is a nearby tourist trap run by the charismatic southern-flavored Slauson, played by Connors. One by one, the group splits off either to check on their friends, help fix up the jeep, or investigate their odd surroundings. Slauson warns them not to snoop around due to coyotes. <laughs> I'm sorry. So funny, but also because he doesn't want to disturb his brother Davy. We're introduced to Davy as our killer fairly early and learn that he has an affinity for wearing masks, controlling things with his mind, and preserving the pretty people that come into his life in plaster. Our resident final girl, Molly, realizes the insanity that has beset her and her friends when the evil brother Davy is revealed to be Slauson all along. Slauson murdered his brother and his wife for whoring around behind his back, giving us some context, but not much, as to why Slauson is split between himself and his evil side. Molly gets the upper hand with an axe to the throat and shoulder before fleeing with her friends in the form of mannequins. Taurus Trap is light on the gore, but still delivers a fun and creepy time filled with cackling plastic creeps. This film was oddly rated PG, which hurt the film in its initial release, but helped bring it into cult status due to its replayability on television. But despite the PG rating, lack of nudity, little to no gore, 
Taurus Trap makes up for that with its eerie atmosphere, groundwork for the slasher genre to come, and the incredible Chuck Connors who steals every scene he is in. Hi, I'm Marina, the editor of Horror Talk Podcast, and these are a few of my favorite moments from Dakota and our guests watching the movie. Marina's got Law and Order as a comfort show to go to sleep to. Oh my gosh, same. I've got Mystery Science Theater that I go to sleep They're to. They're both my comfort shows. I alternate them. They're in a series of my comfort shows. Chuck Connors. He's the Rifleman. Why do I know his name? Well, he's the Rifleman. There was. Well, a, I don't know that. There was a show back in the day called The Rifleman where Chuck Harness was that. Uh, he also was a NBA player. Sports ball. He was a sports ball player. And he did baseball. He's actually the first person in the NBA to shatter a backboard by dunking. Because, I mean, I guess he's he's six foot five, but I guess back in like the 40s, that's tall. Also, I don't know if you caught it. The person who's producing this is Charles Band. Oh, I know that name too. He's the guy who does uh, full moon features. Oh, sure. Like Evil Bong and all that. Oh my god. Ginger Dead Man? Those yeah. Movies? Okay. So this was one of his earlier movies. And it's before he made Full Moon. But uh, the guy who's directing this, uh, Schmoller, he's also the guy who made the first Puppet Master. Okay. So this is like, with the mannequins and everything, it's gearing up for that. Oh, that feeds directly into that, sure. Especially because it's also the same producing company, who also did Dolls, which is way better than Puppet Master. I can't believe there are so many Puppet Master movies. They're not very good. So... I'm glad you talked about that because I have a hot fucking take. So the first movie opens up with Toulon, the guy who originally makes the puppets. Nazis are after him because he fled from Nazi Germany and he kills himself. It says 1939 in the opening of the first movie. The third movie is a backstory while he was in Germany and like how he created some of the puppets, what he used, his life beforehand. And he's fleeing Germany to go to America in 1941. And I'm like, how'd you fuck up continuity in just two movies? can't believe that's what people in like 1800s used to do. Like back, back in my day, we had a stick and a tire. Mm, half star on Yelp would not recommend terrible service also I think it's really weird when people go into obviously abandoned places and they're like hello (laughs) is anyone here I know the lights aren't on and the windows are broken out and I had to break in the building but I demand to be served immediately cans and the girls too (laughs) I don't understand what that sign means cans And And the the girls, girls too. The girls are attached to the cans. I'm not going to give these people that much credit. (laughs) It's got to be a boob joke. We want it to be. Guess who? When the utility closet is a-rockin', don't come a-knockin'. While I was re-watching it this week, uh, 
Marina's oldest, Eleanor, came by and was looking at him and was like, what the hell is this? And I was like, it's a movie. It's a, a film. I mean, sure, it's not by Pasolini, and sure, it's not going to be on the Criterion Collection. I can't even joke about that now, because Wally is a part of the Criterion Collection, and so is La Bamba, and out of all of the old dead rockers, like, that is my least favorite biopic. I walked out with Wally. I, I faked a family emergency to get my money back from Wally. That's the hottest take I have because everybody loves that movie. It's okay. I thought it was fine. It's fine. I didn't want, I wanted my money though, so I could go do something different. I, uh, I was donating plasma and La Bomba was on, and once the movie ended, then it started again. And I was keeping, you know, there's other people there. They don't want to hear my hot takes on things, so I was just sitting through the movie. And then uh, they were like, hey, Richie. And they're like, oh, hey, buddy, Holly. And they're like, hey, Big Bopper's on the plane. Uh, do you want to get on or you want to go on the bus? And I went, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and like one of the nurses looked over at me and I was like, they didn't have to make it that obvious. When you just have to spoon feed your audience. Remember when this happened? And then uh, I really wanted great, uh, I really wanted a big bopper biopic but in the buddy holly story i really wanted them to just splice in the same ending and make it like a trilogy <laughs> the girls in the back are like why do we keep these hats on i mean we could put the top up they literally have their hats tied to their heads uh they don't because if you saw one scene she's holding the back of it look she's there holding she the back of it now, now but she had it tied in the ribbon under her neck no she's got pigtails is that what that is? I yeah. thought it was tied right under her chin. No, it is tied under her chin. Look. Oh. Well, not the other bitch. <laughs> I love that the subtitle stuck on long. <laughs> They're like, we're going to go have a crazy fucking wild weekend. You want to come? And she's like, yes, I dressed exactly like my American Girl doll. Oh. They're even like telegraphing, like, this is the good girl. This is the nice, sweet girl. Well, it's not like there's any nudity, so no one's banging. Yeah, so it's not even clear who we're supposed to, like, think is going first. Well, also, it's before, like, final girls get established. Oh, I guess you're right. And you Trash. thought this was a cheap tourist trap. And roll credits. <laughs> but you see. Our bathing suit. <laughs> it's our bathing suit. <laughs> Comrade. <laughs> My guy's smoking cigarettes off while they're setting up the next shoot. So what are you doing recently? Uh, I got cast in a Lou Ferrigno biopic. Really? You haven't bulked out. Um, before. I would have loved if they went to the waterfall and they're like, this is crystal clear. They're going to be able to see everything. And they're like, we'll throw some dirt in it. I don't know. <laughs> Shoveling dirt into the water. <laughs> Ruining this beautiful natural spring. <laughs> For modesty. You can't see my boots. It was the 70s. They wouldn't even have thought of dirt. They've been dumping chocolate milk mix or something in there. They're absolutely ruining everything. All joking aside, the PTA meeting actually uh, reserved the spot like two months ago. So I actually do need you to clear out. <laughs> we were almost murdered by a crazy man with a gun. <laughs> what is that voice he's using? 
He's like, if you've checked my resume, I am a professional Shakespeare in the Park player. That old man is better than any substitute teacher I know, because just out of meeting someone once, he already knows all their names. I call bullshit. It's almost like this shit was scripted. Thank you for inviting me to the podcast, Dakota. <laughs> Very happy to be here, Dakota. I'm enjoying the film, Dakota. I mean, there's a good majority of people that Marina and I are like, are they a serial killer? And we're like, oh, well, we're too closely connected anyways, and they're not that stupid, so we're safe. <laughs> Thank you. Maybe you could buy some souvenirs while you're here. Tell your friends. I still have a fucking mortgage, kids. No, no one. You you know, actually, though, people might break in for the Dr. Pepper machine. That's got some use in it. Okay, well, if the phone doesn't work, why'd you pause to then tell us that? Women's liberation movement? I'd be more worried about coyotes if I was ye. <laughs> you, it's an audio medium. You can't see I was mimicking hitting my 10-gallon hat over my knee. It's always better to explain the joke. It always. makes it funnier. Especially here. <laughs> right stage directions into the podcast. I just noticed that that looks like a penis it in the sure background. It sure does. That looks like a dick. I would like to give these writers and set dressers more credit than they should have. Yeah. Oh, they're drinking ham. Wait a minute. It was a Dr. Pepper machine. But there's hams in it. Mm-hmm. Gross. <laughs> I would much rather have Dr. Pepper. Like, at least have, like, a Coors or, like, a Schlitz or something. Speaking about Schlitz, uh, my friend and I did a double feature of the original Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049. I said, stop the movie. Stop, stop, stop. He goes, what? And I was like, we might be in a dystopia. There might be androids who can mimic people. There might be just, uh, we're in new Neo-Tokyo and everything's rainy and depressing all the time. And I was like, look at the back of that bar, baby. Schlitz! <laughs> Schlitz made it! Schlitz stood the test of time! And then he goes, yeah, well, I mean, so did Pan Am. And I was like, it could come back. <laughs> Schlitz is really hard to find now, though. It exists still, but you can't find it. Well, what they're not spoiling is that he's a big fan of Dexie's Midnight Runners. And he, in fact, wants to oh, wow. come on, Eileen. <laughs> that was too easy even for me. I'm sorry. <sighs> that mannequin and I have the same mood. Not the one that looks like. Richard Ramirez, the other one. <laughs> Ooh, damn it. Wait, I'm late. Sorry, can we... Here, I'll go back out. We'll what? do this again. Let his tongue out. Is it a choice? What is that? Or is it a mannequin tongue and his mouth is under it? And then it is. <laughs> I think he's trying to convey something. Now, this is why you don't steal from mannequins. Oh, man. Fred from Scooby-Doo is going to have a hell of a time if he came here. seconds. the ascot. Not the visible string pulling on either side of that scarf. Maybe that's the symbolism that Hollywood's pulling the strings on no nudity. Oh my god, the uncanny valley of the double set of teeth is still tripping me out so bad. I know that's a lip now, I can't see it any other way.
oh, I just thought of something, but I don't want to give anything away. So I'll wait till we get to a certain point. Then I'll so give I you some feedback. Intuition, but this is giving very um, repo, genetic opera, dead wife in the wall vibes. I'm just saying it's not normal to have a woman in the wall, whether she's alive or not. A mannequin I, of a woman, you don't put them in the wall. So what you're saying is, is that's just what you're not fine with, but the Confederate soldiers, you're like, those boys were doing God's work. That's 100% what I said, Dakota. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad you clarified it. Just listening to the beat of my heart and understanding all of my intentions. <laughs> Marina, isolate the audio for that. No, just for the <laughs> love of God. <laughs> I mean, it can't be as bad as Zach saying no one suffered more than me on 9-11 during our society episode. Which is in the episode. <laughs> Have you not listened to it yet? I, that was the one I listened to. I don't think I got all the way through it, though. Uh, yeah, because then, uh, one of our, uh, technical people, Heather, was like, welcome to the Horror Talk podcast. How many orgies you been to? So where were you on 9-11? It's the orgy in 9-11 episode. <laughs> as much cool. as I wish it wasn't. Yeah, that was the one I tried to listen to because I love society. That's nice, but is it going to be a union job? Because... I guarantee you someone who's a civil engineer is going to be like, it is not structurally safe down here. In my mind, I totally just pictured them outside and her dying of cancer because it was never treated and he refused to take her anywhere with birds all around mourning because she called them down to say goodbye. She died of the big C. Oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Slauson. Cancer? No, she drowned. God. <laughs> what? Someone's out there. I better get out there, too. Yeah, now we've hit, uh, now that we've introduced our characters and basically just a little bit about them, it's, it's a lot of back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They probably had money for, like, what, the two locations? So they're just running back and forth between them? Yeah, but you can make them look different. Nah. You can see the cord pulling the scarf. I didn't care that much. Footsteps. How about footsteps instead of blank audio? Door creaking. This movie hates deaf people. We should write a letter. <laughs> I like how she's like, you're a regular little snoop. And she's like, what the fuck do you want me to do? Like, I have nothing. Like, we don't have television. There's no radio. Like, I got jack shit. And she's like, well, I've been spying on the neighbors. That would be me. This is, brings it all the way back to my superpower. I'd be looking up his tax records and shit. I'd be in everything that he has. I don't think he's been paying taxes. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> Wait, is it his wife? Is it the dead wife in the wall? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say this is a big precursor and actually the main inspiration other than the previous films that were made for the uh, early 2000s remake of House of Wax. That tracks. I should watch that again. I actually liked that I, anyone who's like, we, uh, impale Paris Hilton through the head with a spike, I'm like, I, oh, okay, no, yeah, I'll see it. No, it's, it's pretty all right, but like, it's heavy, mm. like heavily influenced. Oh, I can definitely see that. I find it very strange that so many people are afraid of like dolls and mannequins and things like that. I think they're cool. I mean, I'm fine with them. The only thing 
that I think of is if I go into a darkened room behind a locked door and there's a doll sitting there, it's probably there for a reason and I should probably leave. Don't go into our basement, ever. Why are they walking like they're gonna, like, fall to their deaths? They're walking like they're newly possessed a body and they've never been human before. Nobody walks like that, even down a hill. I'm not like other girls. I'm worse. Hi. I'm Tanya Roberts. I'm a resident white girl in a horror movie. And I want to see what's going on in there. She's walking like a baby giraffe still for no reason. She's on level ground. But she can climb up that thing, no problem. It's like someone, like, is giving her a Charlie horse. Oh no, that's what I remember. They're under... They undercrank in this movie. Do you are you familiar with the term? I don't believe so. So in order before special effects and things like that, in order to make things seem slower, they crank the movie slower than they normal would uh, normally would, so it would get like less frames per oh, rate. Okay. So. So that's why the movements are so janky looking. Yeah, but I just, I just remember. Yeah, that There's, shadow is moving crazy. There's like a lot of this movie that is undercranked and for no good reason. It's to stretch the runtime, right? This is a 90 minute movie. Yeah, about that. Yeah. Like you have to have hit a certain number to be a feature film, right? Well, actually, the uh, this being rated PG actually helped a lot. And because of its low runtime helped a lot because it could be easily replayed on television, which is how a good majority of people actually saw it for the first time. Same thing for uh, George A. Romero getting the copyright out so it became public domain. It just got more out there so they got more attention. They're like, I really liked when Leatherface kind of looked girly. Do that. That's exactly what it is. You're like, what is that reminding me specifically of? No, it's yeah. such Leatherface vibes. I can tell it now. It's been so many years. So I, uh, I did like three hits of acid and went to the drive-in and did a triple feature. We did Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, and Halloween. And I was sitting there and while we were watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre going through the center of the sun, I was like, you know, I could probably get Leatherface off. And he's like, like sexually? And I was like, no, 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 like in a court of law. Obviously special needs, obviously being abused, obviously having trouble deciding right from wrong. Sensory issues. I was like, 100%. And he goes, huh, okay. In Texas? And I was like, oh, God, no, not no, in not in Texas. No. He was like, yeah, well, I mean, if you got extradited to California, yeah, you'd be safe. And I was like, oh, yeah, you'd be fine. He'd get the help he needed. She's like, I've got to stop actually pulling on the door because it's coming open way too easily. Yeah, it was fully opening. Somebody on the other side is talking, bitch, chill out. Let the bodies hit the floor! Oh, I see what you're talking about with like the lip thing and the tongue. Yes, I would just the double teeth and everything. It was really stressful. Need a hand? There you go. That feel good? <sighs> it felt really good. Okay, good. This is a really shitty remake of that Twilight Zone episode. Can you get that one? It's a, it's a really great episode. You should really check it out. I... Although I categorize Twilight Zone like I do Saturday Night Live uh, in a sense that we only remember the good things, but there's a lot of filler in there that's just not that great. I mean, we remember all the good episodes, but there's a, a lot of Twilight Zone episodes and SNL sketches that are just there. 
I own all of the Twilight Zone on DVD. I should just watch them all again. I don't recall. Fun fact. Uh, did you know out of 156 original episodes of The Twilight Zone, Rod Sterling wrote 94 of them? I did not know that. That's very impressive. He also, the way to get new scripts was he asked the general public to send scripts in. And he said he cool. read about 500 of them and only one of them was good enough. <laughs> that sounds about right to you. So Chuck Connors actually isn't doing that voice. Couldn't be, yeah. Also, Chuck Connors is the killer. Wow, Dakota. Spoilers. I thought it was the other guy. Oh, yeah. The only other guy. The only other guy that we haven't seen at all totally is doing it. <laughs> Why can't Chuck Connors be playing two people? Have you not seen Dead Ringers with Jeremy Irons? Stop. Not the gynecology movie. It is really boring. It is so boring. Uh, I haven't seen the new series, though, that I... Here is pretty good. I have not heard anything about that. So they remade it. It's an Amazon original, like, yeah, I'm aware series. of it. I just haven't heard anybody say whether it was good or bad. Well, I mean, who else do we know who's just like, oh, you checked the new Cronenberg project? Yeah, no one. That's true. I actually went to his newest film, Crimes of the Future in theater, and, like, me and my friend both were like, oh, it's a Cronenberg film. I know what I'm getting into. It's going to mm -hmm. be weird, and it's going to be long and body horror. Yep. Wasn't it was. It? Oh, it yeah. was. Yeah. Okay, great. It was about like... Uh, if it's not broke, don't try and fix it. It had Viggo Mortensen, and it was about like people in the future were growing like extra organs, and so it was like a sexual act, but also like performance art that like they would, their partner would go in and like tattoo in some way those new organs and then extract them from their body, and that was like their show. Huh. And also them fucking. Well, yeah. And so I knew what I was getting into, especially when he, like, unzips his belly with an actual zipper and pulls out his intestines and his wife just starts, like, sucking on his intestines. There was a guy in the back who went, What the fuck is going on? <laughs> and Philip goes, I send him a meme later, but it's the James Franco meme of, uh... First Cronenberg movie, huh? Yeah. Anytime I hear the word recycle, I think of Chris Chan and I ruined my own day. Uh, I brought you some orange Fanta if you want to. Please, wanted. no. Absolutely the fuck not. I'm so, used to people putting white stuff on my face, but this is ridiculous. Now, is that meant to be shaving cream? It looks like he's putting uh, marshmallow fluff on her head. Plaster. Pla oh, duh. What movie am I fucking watching? The stuff? Yeah, I was thinking maybe the stuff. Are you gonna put some straws in her nose to help her out, or is this just it? Is it a picture wrap for old girl? I've worked with plaster before. This is not correct. Well, it's probably 70s plaster, which means it's probably way more toxic. It looks like raw pizza dough. I mean, it's always fun to think about what they use. Like, uh, do you know the... You know the snow in Wizard of Oz was asbestos, right? Of course it was. Why wouldn't it have been? Goobble gobble, one of us. We accept her, one joke. of us. I love Freaks. Freaks is such an underrated movie. I was talking about that to one of my guests. Not uh, Freaks specifically, but me complain about people who can't enjoy things in black and white. I'm like, get over it. There's so many good movies that out there. That so good. 
I was like, sure, was there a lot of bad movies in black and white? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are they all not worthy? No. Absolutely not. So, Marina and my favorite Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life. And so, every year on Christmas Eve when we're wrapping presents together, we'll put on It's a Wonderful Life and watch it together. So, we actually flip-flop every single year. One year we'll watch the normal version. One will watch the colorized version, which yeah. is actually really pretty. Is it? Uh, yeah, because they actually only have reference images. So what they have to do for recolorizing that is they have to go back in and like hand color all the cells. Oh, wow. So which I'm sure is, it looks much better. Which is why if you've seen like photos that should be black and white, but they have like those bright like yellows and reds mm-hmm. and blues, that's why. Oh. And actually, it was much harder... To be set designer, someone who was a uh, cinematographer, and someone who did costumes back in the day, because everything was black and white. So what they actually had to do, and why you've seen like behind the scenes photos with people with these bright ass colors, colors and the makeup that's like different colors too to like make it look correct on screen. And so that way they can also have shades of gray since yeah. everything's gray. I saw somebody probably on TikTok or something doing like a tutorial makeup tutorial of what they actually the pigments that went on the face to make it look like a normal person's face for black and white it's really interesting if i'm not mistaken i think uh marina said that there was a special tool that costumers had that they could it was almost like a lens of what would look like on film and they would run it over fabric so almost like a magnifying glass that you just put on to see what it looked like that's really I love to say that we miss plot by talking, but... I, I, I feel like I haven't missed anything. Uh... <laughs> you sure about that? You sure about that? <laughs> oh, by the way, listeners, I don't know if you know this. Uh, I have a absolutely metric ton of movies, but a lot of those movies you can't stream anywhere, so I have to get physical copies. But... I have a metric fuck ton, and actually, I bought something, and I was like, do I own this already? I don't know what I own anymore. So then I had to go through and make an inventory of everything I have. I have to do that. I need to do that. I have multiples of some movies. I end up renting movies I know I own because I cannot find them. Do you have the 2018 Halloween? Yeah. No, well, never mind, because I got two of them. Wait, 18, 2018 is not the one I hate, but yes, I do have it. That's the one with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, that one Back fine. when it's like, I it was, was fine. I wish they would have left off there. I was they like, this was a good alone. end. They could have left it alone. And then it kept getting worse as it went on. And then someone was like, well, you know, the novelization for Halloween Ends was good. And I was like, the fact that you just told me a novelization was, no, I knew they always make novelizations. Uh, there's novelizations of the Austin Powers movies. For uh you don't even know until you read because it's like groovy baby austin said swingingly even though Fuck it was off. not groovy Fuck off. it's great i hate that so god uh, is dead and we killed him the only novelization that i have that i actually really love is it was hard to find but i found a convention was uh one of my top five favorite horror films is Cabin in the Woods. And there's a novelization of that. And I only like it more because 
it goes more in depth with like all the other creatures that yeah. we're in. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a hundred percent why I bought like it. That. I love Captain Woods. Oh. He's like, I've already made one blowjob joke. I can't make two head jokes. I couldn't get ahead of myself. Yeah, that's that's. No, it was great. Two heads are better than one. Yep, very good. This is positive reinforcement. Oh, that's the inventory. I know there's other things that I don't have yet because I also had to go through all the ones I've seen, the movies I haven't seen, and then movies that I need to review for the podcast. Because I feel like at some point, I'm really trying not to do mainstream movies, because like everybody's seen at least one of the mainstream movies. Or it's hard to find someone who doesn't know something about Nightmare on Elm Street or Friday the 13th. I think some of the deeper cuts, like the, the farther out you get into the sequels, you might have a pretty decent look at that. Like, uh, the only one I could think of is like Jason Goes to Hell or yeah. Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood. I was thinking too, like Nightmare on Elm Street, I don't know very many people who've watched past three. Four is a slap in the face. Five's the worst of the series. That's what I'm saying. Everybody I love gave six. Up. <laughs> six is great. Six is perfect. That was a hell of a list. Oh, <laughs> oh, there's actually a snake. Uh, I have very few fears. One of them is snakes. Really? I think if something can make my blood fight back against me and kill me in under five minutes is terrifying. And also something that, if grown larger, could unhinge its jaw and swallow me whole, should be feared. That's fair. The whole blood turning into things is fucking wild. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. <laughs> That's terrifying. It really is. It's like, I'm not going to make your blood function correctly. Blank. Audio. It's weird that you said police and not bastards. Hmm. I don't know how many times on this podcast we've said all cops are bastards. They are. It's been a lot. Keep saying it. Say it a lot. That thing will knock her over. Yeah, I would love if he's walking and he's like, watch back for the kickback, though. That shit's real. Like, literally, you have to tell someone about that. She put herself through the hood of that car. That does not sound like a Kayo. Or maybe it does. I actually have no frame of reference. I don't know either. That was actually something that happened when I was watching the 2018 Halloween with a friend again. I was like, that dad's so stupid. I was like, or maybe that's what a good dad's like. I don't have a frame of reference. And he was like, did you just get deep? And I was like, I literally only know like TV and movie dads. I mean, I feel that way about moms. So I feel that. Faye Dunaway could be your mom. Faye Dunaway took lessons from my mom. No, everybody talks about loving Mommy Dearest for the, uh... Thank you, God. For the wire hangers? No, the axe. Oh. That's my favorite scene. Tina! My favorite is when she's just, like, crazy and she goes into her room and she's asking if it's clean and she's like, it was cleaned on Friday. She says it's clean. Do you think it's clean? I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the dirt. 
We're going to scrub! We're going to get on our hands and knees and scrub! That's my favorite scene. Also, because it follows Marina's favorite line with after that, she just leaves. She goes, Jesus Christ! Oh, the little girl? Yeah. yeah like, almost looking directly down the lens of the camera with the single tear. <laughs> oh, that's real, though. God, she did it because of the slow filming again. It went in slow motion. He could have moved. He could have done anything. Well, I'll be. Say what you will. Chuck Connors is fucking charismatic and stealing the scene every scene he's in. Absolutely. So as the movie's gone on, do you see, like, a lot more similarities to the remake of House of Wax? Absolutely, yeah. He's making all those voices. It's weird that they're all, and in, in the sub, I'm hyper fixated on the subtitles now, but they're credited as different people every time. Yeah. How could you not know? He's like, well, only two things are breathing, and it's not the mannequins. <laughs> she's moving a lot, and this is undercranked, which means she's moving a lot. To be fair, I guess with the, the face, like your peripheral vision wouldn't exist. So maybe that's how she got really lucky because he's basically blind. You just pointed out like a, a movie flaw that I never thought about before, but that makes sense. <laughs> just like how every time I watch Raiders of the Lost Ark, I hate to think that if Indiana Jones wasn't there, the same movie would have happened. <laughs> God, this Anything. is the this is the stretch of undercranking that I hated. This is the biggest windows I've ever seen in my life. I love when I first saw this I was like he took a page out of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. book like I'm not gonna think there's a window I got it which kudos I for I think her name's Sally in the original Texas Chainsaw yes. Massacre but like kudos for her she's like nope as soon as I get out run mm-hmm. she's like I don't know what direction but I'm gonna keep doing it you can't get away from me mister that's actually what I say to my cats constantly. Me, when I've had too much to drink and I really want to hold my dog like a baby even though he hates it. No, I do that to, uh... Technically, his name is lion but ever since he was a baby, we called him Big Boy, B-O-I, because mm-hmm. he's so fat. And then every time I hold him like a baby, he's always upset. And I was like, well, maybe if you wanted to run away, you should fucking put down the fork, fatty. <laughs> so chunky. You ever watch the kids in the hall? Some. Uh, like almost all sketch comedy, it's like, there's good. Hit and miss. Oh, absolutely. No, that scene of her just running really badly. There's like in the, I think it may be the first sketch in the first episode, not the pilot, but it's just like two zombies moving at a snail's pace and a woman just running so stupidly away from them and she's rolling down hills and she stops to take her shoes off five different times to keep running. It's so good. Have you, uh, you've seen Scare Package, yeah? Yes. Okay. I'm thinking the same thing with like, you can never outrun. Mm hmm. This is outstanding. So, I just want to say I understand suspension of disbelief. However, those things were shooting off blanks, which means even if he can mind control them to make them shoot, at some point he had to load real bullets in. Yes. 
Also, I am just now, because uh, we've been distracted and I'm a little dumb-dumb, it's mind control, that's what's happening here? He's controlling him with his mind? Yeah, he's uh, he's got uh, telekinesis. Okay, great. Which is... I just thought he had a huge budget for animatronics. <laughs> that's why, uh, like, all the doors shut and no, things like that. that makes sense. I just... They didn't... They never explicitly said. Okay, great. Well, it's just like, you know, in Reanimator, where old dude was supposed to have had, like, telekinesis, but they don't tell you that, but they leave the scene in where he makes, he's talking to them and making them all work for him or whatever. Yeah. He said old dude because he can't remember his name. I know exactly what you were talking about. Yeah. Just like, you know, he's the guy who gets the bat wing ears and yes. bride. I love that that's a mannequin, but I also love that that's every 80s mom. Mm-hmm. Also, kudos to Chuck Connors for being, like, an absolute fucking pro by being able to carry up these bodies up and down stairs by himself. Proud He's of you, Chuck Connors. actually doing that, just dragging these people around. And yeah. these dolls. Well, he's built like a brick shithouse. That helps. Also, I feel like it doesn't need to be said, but this is the worst fucking Airbnb I've ever seen. <laughs> Listed under amenities, it just says mannequins. There's so many mannequins. <laughs> you knew what you fucking signed up for. We don't have any food, any water, amenities, some mannequins. electricity, but we got plenty of mannequins. Hope, hope you like mannequins. That is what we have. So, again, suspension and disbelief. I'll give you that he can have telekinesis. Mm-hmm. How can he make him sing like that? How is he harmonizing them as well? Because he's been throwing his voice around and doing one voice at a time. Those bitches are singing together. <laughs> Acting. Mm. Uh, I believe it was Lil John who said, All them bitches crawl. Aw, skeet, skeet, motherfucker. Aw, skeet, skeet, goddamn. Goddamn. I was driving by some place, and uh, I was with a friend, and I was like, you know where we're at? And they're like, where? And I looked over at the mailbox, and I was like, 369. It's the, he's, Lil John is really the voice of a generation. He's a poet. It's jaw-dropping, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so that's a two-drink minimum, by the way, tonight, uh, just so you know. This also indicates that he installed jaws and hinges on all of their mouths. Yes. Just so they could all do the same trick. Well, how else can you take that big of a dick? You know, so a nonfiction book that Stephen King wrote called uh, Dunce Macabre uh, actually talked about a lot of the things that he loved with horror, both past and previous. And one of the things was this had just come out, and he was like, this atmosphere fantastic oh my god yeah that's my wife i don't know you (laughs) well they deserved it then they weren't fucking they were whoring nope they deserved it in his own house dakota that's completely different to someone who's poly (laughs) No, I was going to say, like, but the, the behind-the-back thing is what makes that a problem. The behind-the-back thing is what makes it a problem. Also, uh, I feel like any bro to one bro would be like, we're tunnel buddies now. That's icky. I don't like the term tunnel buddy. I don't know that I've ever heard that before. <laughs> I'm in a really stressful moment. <laughs> we're 
Talk podcast brought to you by terms you wish you could forget. I would like some brain bleach, please. Like cuck dogs. I love cuck dogs. That was in a... Our last episode. I've been seeing the uh, the ad campaign that you're running about cuck dogs. Whenever you listen to this, uh, listeners would love if you were interested in buying a cuck dogs T-shirt because we have them sitting and waiting. So she's been hallucinating off and on. Is this just what she's seeing now? She's just been there too long. He's in her brain, or for no reason, just cause movie. Just cause movie, cause like I don't know. What the hell is that? This is the part of the movie where it gets fucking wild. No, this one's got an eye. Every time she's hit anyone with anything, she is so like not even the the weird camera trick. She's just making her sweet time. She wouldn't have had enough force to even put that in his neck. That dude's been out there the whole time, same position for hours. Bring your friends. Whenever you're leaving a homicidal maniac, be sure to get your friends dressed up as mannequins. It's Taurus Trap. She shouldn't be smiling. She should not be smiling. That's outrageous. Wow, I can't believe they got John Travolta for this. That, that was outrageous. Okay. Okay, we've given you a few bits of info during the film. You've heard a summary, but now it's time for my favorite part, the discussion. Our guests will be providing their review and thoughts on the film while I ask questions and provide everyone with some behind-the-scenes information. Please keep in mind that these are just our opinions. We at the Horror Talk podcast fully support you having your own opinion on the film, so please go and check it out so you can be informed. That being said, let's hear what our special guest has to say. So without going too much into it, uh, without giving like big deep thoughts, how'd you like it? Like gut reaction, seeing it like through the first time. Like from beginning to end with, with just a few minor deviations, side conversation things, uh, I thought it was okay. Like there's enough going on at any given time that you're just kind of like, what the, what the hell's going on here? I will, I will follow this to the end, especially with a tight runtime and everything. Even the long parts aren't that long. That's that's kind of how I feel, and like a lot of the cliches, like I point out, that will become tropes. I was like, oh, well, that's not bad. It's not that bad. As something that Marina and I say every time we watch older movies, we're like, well, you can't be a cliche if you're a trailblazer. That's fair. What would you say is your favorite part? I don't know. Like you were saying, Chuck Connors broke his back carrying the entire film. Um so any scene where he's just kind of monologuing is very good. I appreciate the mannequins. I like that he took the time to give them all jaws. Um, but I just thought he was, in general, the best part of the movie. He was the most engaging performer. He was doing the absolute most. And they was whoring behind his back. I don't disagree. I really do think Chuck Connors and all the mannequin like practical effects mm-hmm. work was obviously the best part. And I would put is like something right underneath that when it was there, Pino score, I thought was really great. Yeah. When it happened, when they remembered to put the music in, it was quite nice. Except for the title. The title makes no sense. It's like weird, like clocks and 
Yeah, it gives like a, it sets a tone that is not really the tone that the movie is. It would be more apt for something like Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toy Maker. Very specific. Very specific. <laughs> I'm actually genuinely curious to hear what you think about this. What, in your opinion, was the worst part about the movie? Um, well, it's an old movie and, you know, budget was an issue. I think the worst part of it was just like, the lighting was really piss poor and not in an atmospheric way, but in a like, we didn't have the money to light this properly and it looks bad. And then this stuttering camera stuff was really like distracting. And I think if they had just filmed it normally, the slow parts that were dragging the movie down wouldn't have been an issue in the first place. And it'd be a much more enjoyable film altogether. <laughs> yeah. I 100% agree. It's It would be better if they somehow were able to like ease into a slowdown part, mm -hmm. but it's very obvious when it's like a start and a stop. It's just a herky-jerky, like, and it's so noticeable, and it, like with the bad lighting and everything, too, it's that much more noticeable, and it's a bit distracting. And I think if they had just filmed it properly, it would have shaved 15 minutes off of that movie, and it would have been a nice, like, a tighter, smoother run from beginning to end. I also think that this is one of, and I mean, a reason why Joe Bob Briggs has showed it. It's a perfect example of a drive-in movie. 100%. Like, it's it's dumb, it's quick, it's got some great stuff in it, and then it's over. They could have improved it by um, showing me boobs. A hundred percent. And like Joe Bob Briggs, if there's no breasts, that's a half-star deduction right there, right off the bat. Yeah, it's mandatory. I already know it. I, I already know what you're going to say, but I have to ask. So, Jessica, what was your favorite quote? They was whoring. <laughs> <laughs> they was whoring behind his back. They was whoring in his house, Dakota. Now, who was whoring? Uh, his brother and his wife. It's gross. It's like a hooked on phonics. Who was whoring? Who was whoring? They the was whoring. <laughs> Where were they whoring? Behind his back, in his house. <laughs> Outrageous. Now, who can find the adjective in that sentence? <laughs> I think my favorite is the, we're going to have a party. The line delivery was exquisite. I also like, I appreciate that he's got kind of like a Cesar Romero kind of Joker aspect where he's like, I don't have to change outfits every time I kill somebody, but I want to. It's nice to feel pretty. I'm going to go through the effort and do costume changes for I, me. It's theatrical. I really appreciate that, actually. How would you rank this among other Charles Band movies? I'd say it's a pretty good bad movie. Like, it's just an easy watch. It's not so bad that it's good. It's kind of just okay as a movie. Like, it's not so terrible yeah like it's not a masterpiece it's a very middle of the road it thing. is but it's like watchable i think it'd be accessible if you were trying to like get somebody into movies like this who doesn't want to watch older stuff or thinks it would be boring it's also easier to like get kids when they're trying to get into horror movies because this would be like a perfect thing a hundred percent because there's no boobs boo but there's also like no horrible violent anything i mean it's just the only body parts really are mannequin part <laughs> yeah um well with that being said what do you think is the best charles band movie it's not evil bong no because i hate that shit i hate it that's so bad it's just bad they shouldn't exist the evil bong the ginger dead man maybe save for the first one just because of 
Busey's involvement, which is insane. Like it's yeah, it's just it, that shouldn't exist, and it does, and like that's just like oh, that's interesting. Why did they do that? But like, <laughs> I feel like Ginger Dead Man lends itself to the same sort of thing that like Poultry Geist or Jack Frost lends itself to, where it's yeah. like. We've got one thing, and we're going to run that joke into the ground. And it's it's kind of for people who don't like movies. Those movies are for people who go to the video store inebriated, and they're like, let's find something stupid to watch with my bros. And they get yeah. that because it's got, like, this really appealing to, like, stoners or whatever. like, And not normal people who just partake. Like, people whose entire personality is 420, blaze it, pew, 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 pew. Um, I, I can't say I know anyone like that. <laughs> but that's who that's for. It's exactly. to be eye-catching on a shelf, so you rent it, and they, no budget, whatever, they make all the money back by renting it out to those people who have stumbled into the video store with not a thought in their head, and that's who sees those movies. And they make money because of it. I don't like them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel with also full moon pictures have doing a lot of that over the past uh, two decades. I would also argue Troma did that. Oh, 100%. Because like Troma was really good back mm -hmm. in the day with yeah. like Mother's Day, Toxic Avenger, mm -hmm. things like that. And then just got bad. No, when I was like 13 and I was like, killer condom. <laughs> That's the funniest thing ever. Because I was 13 years old. Yeah, they uh, they appeal to the middle school demographic. And the best, but like, to be fair, killer condom sucks. But killer condom, the rubber that rubs you out, is an excellent tagline. Make a better movie. That is. <laughs> so much potential just so thrown much away. potential. Wasted. Like a broken condom. God. Broken dreams, broken condoms. That, that's potential. a better tagline for the movie. <laughs> I would say, if I had to pick a best Charles Band movie, the first Puppet Master is okay. The Leech Woman always freaked me out when I was a kid. That I could, haven't like, watched those movies in so long. They're okay. I, yeah. It's all right. Uh, there's nothing really that great to them. I would love to say more good things about it. Isn't but, Greg Sestero mm, in one of those movies? Probably, because there's so fucking many yeah. Puppet Masters. It's like Puppet... I know Corey Feldman is in the uh, the Puppet Masters versus retro Demonic Toys. Master. He's in Retro Puppet Master. So he's in both, then? No, uh, Greg Sestero is in Retro Puppet Master. Oh, okay. Gotcha. For some reason, I oh. think. And you said Corey Feldman? God, they just anybody, right? Yeah. Just anybody who would say yes. I would say... If I had to pick a best one, I would probably say Sorority Babes at the Slime Ball Bolorama. Oh, that probably... was Charles Band movie? Yeah. Well, then I'm piggybacking your answer. <laughs> exactly. It's fantastic. It's got a great theme song. It's got a great villain. It's yeah. got great puppets. Uh, no, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. Isn't, uh, and also, isn't Linnea Quigley in that movie? I think so. I love her. I love her, too. We, we here at the Horror Talk Podcast stand Linnea Quigley so much. Yeah, here. Her and Barbara Crampton. Those Barbara are our Crampton babies. Barbara Crampton queen, yes. Mm -hmm. So, would you recommend this movie and why? I would. I really would. I mean, there's nothing offensive about it. It's not going to take up too much of your time. I think it's just an easy, fun watch. And, you know, Chuck Connors was doing his thing, and he did it pretty well for just, like, sports guy who did movie. Like, I thought it was enjoyable. Well, I mean, he was the rifleman. You keep saying that, but that doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> oh, it was such a good show. I believe you. 
I mean, as much as like old Western shows can be, it was pretty good. Well, and I believe though, because he did seem like he was actually like legitimately a talented actor. So I do believe that he was good. Also, in the super show. hot, even though I don't know what age he was at during this film, but he could get it. He could get it from me. I I give it up to Chuck Connors. <laughs> Listeners, let me know if you would also let Chuck Connors get it. I actually do want to know <laughs> how many people. Just <laughs> a poll. Chuck Connors, could he get it? So, uh, something that I always ask all my guests to do, what should a good tagline be? Like, pitch me something. Just for the whole show? Yeah, for the whole show, not just this episode. For whatever reason, all I can think of is about how they was whoring behind your back. And I wanted to do a joke about whoring and horror. But I've just, I've got worms in my brain. For the Horror Talk Podcast, I'm Dakota Jones. For, 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 for whores who like. Well, let's see, the term as used there is whoring, as in like just doing the most with people that you don't. So we're, we're whoring through some horror films. <laughs> this is the Horror Talk Podcast. We're whoring through horror films. That's horror. That's, that's it. I got Perfect. There. Okay. All right. Whoring so. through your favorite and unknown horror films, but I made it too complicated. We're whoring through horror films. I got it. We did. Settle. All right. I love it, actually. I wanted it to work. I it, needed it to work. You, I don't even think you know. The way the internet is today and the way people latch on, a 100% think that's going to be one of the top ones for this season. <laughs> A hundred percent. We are whoring through horror films. I actually like that. All right, we got there. Yeah. That's on backs for me. <laughs> All right, for the Horror Talk podcast, uh, I'm Dakota Jones. I'm Jessica. <laughs> and we're whoring through horror films. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> we got there. We, we got did there. it. Crazy man with a gun. Ah!